Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. A little over 30 years ago, the first text went out, and it said simply, Merry Christmas. Now, I don't know where you were then. I don't remember the first text. I just read about it, but I probably was in East Haven Subdivision in Clinton, Mississippi. A little ironic, but I moved to East Haven Subdivision when I was in high school and served there at Morrison Heights. They were located at 201 Morrison Drive. Where were you when? Where were you when? Some of us may remember this, when you got news that Elvis had died. I remember where I was. Ironically, I was in East Haven Subdivision with some buddies one summer. We'd gone off to go swimming and hang out, and we got to word. Where were you when? Some of you are old enough to remember when JFK was killed, and you remember where you were then. I can say that I do not recall that. I was alive, but I don't remember any details. Where were you when? Where were you when 9-11 happened? I remember where I was. I remember who called me. I was still in Mississippi serving at Morrison Heights as a pastor this time, and Richard Collin, the administrator, called me. I was in my study outside our home. A man had built this study for me. Where were you when? I'll never forget it, just like most of you remember where you were when you got that word. Where were you when you realize COVID-19 was real. I remember where I was. I was on the second floor there in the main building at Fifth Avenue Baptist Church in St. Pete, Florida, where I served for eight and a half years before coming here. And where it really, I'd heard about it before then, but I, I think I really realized then it was serious and it was real. I, I kind of have to admit I was a little lighthearted for a while about masks and all those kinds of things and was thinking, come on. And yet I realized it was a real deal. Where were you then? Moments like these can help us remember things. Some of them may not be real positive, and yet some of them can be good. I remember when and where I was a little over a year ago now. December the 1st. It was my day off. I was Fearwater Beach, and uh, my mother-in-law was in town, and she and my wife wanted to do a little shopping because Christmas was coming, and I felt like probably the best thing for me to do, some of you are smiling at me, you know where I'm going, would be to keep a little distance, let them do a little shopping and not try to interfere and we were hanging out on a beautiful pier, sunny Florida, like the summer, and they were browsing, and my cell phone rang. And I looked at it, it said, Brookhaven, Mississippi. And I thought, now, mm, I don't know who'd be calling me from Brookhaven, Mississippi. I uh, went to school with some folks, but we hadn't talked lately. I don't think they have my cell number, so I just thought, let it go to voicemail. And it did, and 
Then I thought, well, they're still down there shopping. Let me see who this was. And it was Kenny Goza of the pastor search committee asking me to call that they'd been given the name, my name. And so I did, and we talked right there on the pier just a little over a year ago. Where were you when? I want you to take your Bible if you hadn't already done so. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2 because I'm going to tell you something. These two individuals that we're about to read about, they likely never, ever forgot about where they were and when it happened that they saw the Christ child. Now, believing in the Messiah had already changed the trajectory of their life and had impacted their life. But once they realized that they literally saw him, it went to another level. And I want to pause here before I read this passage. So just turn there and kind of put your finger there. I I, I want to say a few things. One is, it's like the passage where the man said, one, I, don't, I don't know all the details about all I know about Jesus, but once I was blind and now I see. Jesus changes our life. He just does. He is the God-man. He's fully God and fully man. And he went from the cradle to the cross for you and for me to pay the penalty for our sin. But it just changes everything and I love the fact we've been singing about hope and Advent season is a time to get ready for a big experience that we know is coming and to begin this and I love the word hope um, because with Jesus as we sing about there is always hope and so as we begin this season we're going to see the two individuals here Simeon and Anna And the fact that their lives had already been changed, but they went to a whole different level because they had been hoping upon hope upon hope that that promise of seeing the soon coming Messiah would take place. Now, before I read, I want to tell you, if you're taking notes, there's a few things you may want to jot down that will help you with these two individuals. Okay, to help us understand who they are. And I think you'll see it in the text. First of all, there is Simeon. Simeon, one major word, could be saint. Because we're going to find that he was a righteous and devout man. He was a saint of God. The other thing about Simeon we could see is the word spirit. He de- the Holy Spirit had visited him, and the Holy Spirit drew him to the Christ child. He was very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's something we should be sensitive to as a believer. He dwells inside of us. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, if we have a close relationship with Jesus Christ, we shouldn't be scared of the Spirit. We should be attuned to it because the Holy Spirit can lead us to do things that we might not normally do on our own in the flesh. And we can know that is God. It lines up with Scripture, and it's a step of faith. So spirit is another word that I thought about coming, thinking about Simeon. The other is sensed. He sensed the Spirit leading him to say, this is the Messiah 
This is what I have been waiting for. Saul, he saw Christ. We need to see him. And I want to say today, I don't want to assume anything. If you've never seen Jesus, I hope that you'll see him in the text. And I hope before you leave here today, you'll put your faith and trust in him if you never have. That is the greatest decision that we can ever make. Now, let's talk about Anna a minute. I like Anna, any form of that word. My mama was Patricia Ann. Some of you are named Ann or Anna. It's a beautiful name. And so here we have this precious lady named Anna. What are some words that might help us here? One is silver, meaning she was silver-haired. I don't believe that back in the day they were able to color their hair. I could be wrong. But I think like some of us in the room, myself included, she was a seasoned lady, and we're going to find here that there's no question that she was an older person. Anna, silver hair, set aside. What? She was a prophetess. There's several in the New Testament we find out about. That means that God had given her assignment. As a believer, we're all in ministry. We all have an assignment. We're to use our platform to bring people to Christ, to share the message of Christ, and to serve him faithfully. She certainly had been set aside. Supplication stands for prayer. This was a lady that was dedicated to prayer and fasting. And you can fast from food. You can fast from social media. You can fast from television. As God leads a person to do that, that's typically between you and God. And it's for the, the, the primary reason to pray. Oh, I'm missing this meal. I'm hungry. Why? Oh, yeah, because I'm praying about this matter. Or I'm praying for this person. That, in essence, is what fasting is about. Prayer and fasting. This lady was also single and she was sold out. We're going to find that she had been a widow for a long, long time. And God had called her out to remain that way. Not everyone is supposed to be married, but some are. And so she was, and then she wasn't. And for whatever reason, between her and God, she remained single. And she dedicated her life to prayer. And the word sunny comes to mind. Sunny means this, a sunny disposition. You ever been around somebody that has a sunny disposition. They just have the joy of the Lord. I say this because she was from, we're about to read this. I'm still coming to the text from the tribe of Asher. And the word Asher means happy. I have always been interested in that word because my grandfather was A.A. Atley Asher Kitchings. And if you look at the tribe of Asher, she had a sunny disposition. She was a happy lady. She did not allow her circumstances to rob her of her joy. Now let's look at the text. It says in Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 22, going through verse 38, this. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses... Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem, meaning Jesus, to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. 
He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the Christ child to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Verse 33. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. When Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that has been spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, not just old, but very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So here we have a picture of Simeon and Anna, two godly sold-out people, later on seasoned in life, who were still serving the Lord. And who were faithful to fulfill God's call in their life, regardless of how difficult it may have been day after day after day. Now, before diving into the points of application from our text, there's several things that I want to explain. One is a phrase that some of you may be familiar with. It's called doom scrolling. And the other is, I want us to understand it, though today we may think, man, it is rough. There's chaos. We talked about that a few weeks ago. It may be in our family, our community, or in the world, or in our nation. But we're going to find out there was some chaos going on in their lives, too. So we can be drawn to them and say, how did they handle it? How did they continue to have hope? Let's go back to doom scrolling. Doom scrolling is basically this. If you take your cell phone... And you come across, across a news feed and you realize, this is doomsday. This is awful. This is tough. And then you just keep scrolling. And before you know it, you could get discouraged or perhaps even depressed because of the news that's out there in the world and cause you to think, man, where's their hope? That's doom scrolling. An official definition is this. It's the scroll through your news feed, on social media, on your phone, just thumbing through the headlines. It's enough to sink anyone into depression. Now, I hope no one is doom scrolling right now as I'm speaking. 
But if you are, if you don't mind, zero in just for a few moments on the individuals right here because it's going to give us hope. Now, what was going on back in the day? What better people to learn from? Here's what was happening. Simeon and Anna, as well as others, were living under the thumb of the Roman Empire. It had been thousands of years, thousands of years since the time of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It had been generations and generations since the formation of God's covenant with humanity, promising that a Messiah was coming to make things right, restore all that we humans had messed up since God's creation because of sin. So, it was there. Hope of the Messiah had kept them going. Some of us at times can look around and think, man, it's been a long time since Jesus said he was coming back. Is there really hope? Three points of application that I pray will encourage all of us today. One is this. Hope sees beyond doom scrolling. No matter what was on the headlines of the Clarion Ledger today, if you still get a hard copy and you looked over it. No matter what was on the headlines, if you don't, and you just looked at what was going on in our Mississippi state to see what the news were, there's still hope. We look beyond just like these two did in our text. For example, Simeon, he was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting some more. You know what else? He was waiting. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't tend to like to wait. I'm thankful that there is a microwave. Because what that means is that wonderful spaghetti that my wife made last night, this got carrots in it. I never had spaghetti with carrots in it until I married Kelly. Anybody else have spaghetti with carrots in it? Raise your hand. That must be an Alabama thing. Kelly, you need to try it sometime or get her recipe. I should have said that word, Alabama. We're talking spaghetti, not ball, Kelly. I'm telling you, her spaghetti is spot on. And so I'm thankful that when I eat it tonight, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, Thursday, (laughs) it won't last that long, that I don't have to put it back on the eye and do a man, I can just nuke it, pull it out. I like it. I like it because it's like that. Some of us can be impatient. My dad, I probably told you this, there were times at the dinner table, other times he would say, how, you're so impatient. Now, I think that was good and bad. It could have been bad in that it got in my mind, oh, okay, maybe I am, <laughs> maybe I'll be that way. Or maybe it was just a reminder that early on he picked up on a weakness and I needed to work on it. But it's something that some of us struggle with. But this man was patient. He waited and waited and waited some of us don't even like to go to the walmart because of the self checkout there's a line there which blows my mind that's why we go there waiting but good can come from waiting 
as hard as it is for me to say that, believe that, sometimes God will put you as a believer and me as a believer in situations, and it's like he's smiling and grinning out of love. I want you to learn to wait. I want you to learn to be content. If we don't get it, he'll put us in other situations to allow us to wait. Get this. Hope exists before reality comes to pass. Hope exists before reality comes to pass. So therefore, God can use that time to help us build our character. I enjoyed this past week. We had a few days of visiting some of our College Away students. Well, young Parker told me when we were in Starkville that there is a cafe called the Starkville Cafe that if you eat breakfast in the morning, Pastor Hal and Brother Daniel, then you need to go to the Starkville Cafe. Well, I woke up. I was a hungry man. Young Daniel Ridgeway with no E was a hungry man. And so we took up on Parker's advice, and we went to the Starkville Cafe. Now, not to worry, because we were about to go to Oxford. You may think, well, I'm an Ole Miss fan. Well, we were about to go to Oxford, so I changed gears and shirts and hats, and I had my Ole Miss shirt on, and I survived. Nobody shot me. (laughs) I walked in the Starkville Cafe with my shirt on. I got a few looks, and I just kind of grinned, blamed it on Daniel, you know. And so I survived. But I'm telling you, I hoped that it was going to be good because I was a hungry man, and I know what it's like to have a good breakfast. Now, some of you are getting hungry right now just thinking about it. Well, let me just make it a little worse. I like pancakes. The best pancakes, I believe, in the United States, though I've not traveled every state in the United States, is in Orlando, Florida. It's called Kiki's, K-E-K-E. If you go to Disney with your Family, during the holidays or any other time, you must go find Kiki's. They have the best pancakes. So, my Parker, I'm thinking, now, Parker, you don't understand. I know about pancakes. I've had the best in the United States of America. I know what scrambled eggs, but I'm, a, I'm all into breakfast. I had hope. I had hope. I had hope before I ate. After I ate, it was fulfilled. I didn't need hope anymore because it was good. It was mighty good. You see, we've got to understand what hope is. As soon as my meal was gone, it was done. Hope precedes our present reality. Listen closely. Hope by its very nature exists in the uncertainty before. It exists in questions and maybe doubts. I had a few questions. I had a few doubts. How can they have a good pancake? It was good. It wasn't Kiki's, but it was good. But hope is a willingness and desire to believe beyond what our present circumstances and reality are presenting to us. Hope exists before reality comes to pass. So why do we still have hope? Because the Messiah is coming. Now this time, he's coming on a white horse. He's coming as the victor, the king of kings and the lord of lords. Hadn't happened yet, but it's coming. 
So we trust his timing and we continue to have hope and we apply this principle. Hope sees beyond doom scrolling, the news feed or what's going on in your own news feed in your own life and your own family. Number two, what do we see? Christmas says there's no need to panic if you find yourself doom surfing, another word for doom scrolling, surfing the internet. You see, Anna, let's look at her a minute. She saw Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. She saw, she saw Christ and she gave thanks and she indicated there's even better things to come as she prophesied. I keep in mind, she'd only been married seven years before her husband died and she'd been the, a widow the rest of her life until 84. And yet here's this devoted, called out, godly lady that surely had struggles just like you and me that still had hope. Regardless of how difficult, she could have been bitter. She could have been bad. But she wasn't. One pastor said this about age. She was an older lady. Remember? Very old. That's what the text said. He said this, age doesn't automatically produce right living. Sometimes it produces excuses for wrong living. Be like Anna. Find out what you can do and do it. For some aging Christians, it's time to put the saint back into senior saint. There can be some that are saints, but for whatever reason, because of a death, because of whatever circumstances with their job with the child or whatever they could develop a, a sense of bitterness and not realize there's still time do everything you can with what you have where you are just like Anna did now uh, I gotta pause here because I want to say to make sure that you know I've been here almost a year and I will tell you this I see a lot of senior saints that are sold out they were up in a choir a minute ago. They were here playing instruments. Let me tell you what, they're handing out soup on Friday. One was holding a sign. I was afraid at one point she was going to get hit by a car. She was out in the road. Free soup here. Thankful for that. Emmanuel means God is with us. Now, understand that on this point. God is with us. Your own personal news feed might be rough right now. Christmas is here. Emmanuel, God with us. And he's in us. We have a personal relationship with him because of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm coming up on a, about a year anniversary where, you know, you always hear you don't want to have that phone call in the middle of the night or that knock on the door. I'd lived for many years, decades, and fortunately had never had that experience until about a year ago. And about a year ago, and some of you know this, there was a knock on my door. Kelly was out of town in the middle of the night. And it took me a while to realize what was going on. And the lady at the door that was a neighbor and asked, was asked by a friend to go knock on my door to tell me to call Kelly because something had happened. And I called and found out my sister had been in an accident and had passed away. I had that knock on the door. But let me tell you something that I found out 
during that time is there was still hope because Emmanuel, because God is with me and he is so faithful. This morning I had a Marco. It's a texting in person from a guy that I went to school with and in my wedding we tight. He lives in another state, Steve Jordan, and he was talking about some things going on in his life. And for the second year in a row, his family is going to have to put a dog down. That's never fun. And then more than that, he talked about how his mom is aging and they're about to put her in memory care. And she's going to realize what's going on because she has enough memory to know she's about to transition to another place. And he said, pray for me. It's rough. But then he followed it with the fact that God is faithful because of Emmanuel and he has a relationship with Christ. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't. Some of you I do. Some of you I don't. You may have found out something yesterday or recently that's really got you stirred up or you're hurting. Don't let point number two escape you. Christmas is here. Because of it, there's hope. He's with us. He's with us. He's faithful. Keep trusting him. Look at Anna. Look at Simeon. And let's consider point number three. Believers carry on regardless of the news from doom scrolling. And that's where we are. That's what I just alluded to. Simeon, back to him, was ready to die now. Why? Because God had promised him through the Holy Spirit. Had a special visit at that point saying, you will see the Christ child. You'll see the Messiah. And he waited and he waited and he waited. It's like, whew. God let him know through the Holy Spirit, this is him. You've seen him. And he celebrated. It's like, man, I have seen the Lord. God, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Thank you. He was reminded of his faithfulness. He'd endured much just like Anna had. They were saints due to difficulty and having to wait, which builds character. They continued day after day due to hope. Now, I want to look at Romans if you want to flip over there. You can. I'm looking at Romans 5 verses 1 through 5 before we land the plane. So just listen to this. Therefore, chapter 5 of Romans beginning with verse 1. Since we have been, he's carrying on, therefore, in light of everything he just said. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In Florida, I went to the YMCA and when I'd go there to exercise, when I really, really wanted a good aerobic exercise, I'd go to the Stairmaster I hadn't found one in the gym where I go now, but a Stairmaster is no fun, and yet it's very productive. You see, if you get on a Stairmaster, it just, and you can determine how fast it goes, you're on an incline, and you're just going up and up and up, and it's hard. I don't like it, but I like the end results. I like how I felt when it finally ended, and then about what I would do at every 10 minutes, 
I would try to make it go up. Not because I liked it, because I felt like it was beneficial. And somehow I would survive every time because I kept hoping and hoping and I keep taking another step and another step and another step. Some of you need to be reminded that Jesus says, keep on stepping. Keep taking another step because there's hope in Christ. Know that as a believer. Be encouraged by Simeon and Anna. And here's what I would tell you. If you're here today, you're listening and you're watching, and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, take that first step. Like was said by Martin Luther King once, take the first step of faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. That's in obedience to God and what he leads us to do, even though it's uncomfortable. But it certainly is important when it comes to putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Put your faith in him. Trust him. It's the greatest gift you'll ever receive. And then let him take your life from there. Dear God, we thank you for the example of Anna and Simeon. We thank you, God, that because of you, we have hope. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you to stand. Our staff will be here to receive you. If you need prayer, you need somebody to listen, you want to come to the altar and pray, you want to take a first step in joining the church, whatever it might be, just know that's why we have this time. And let's sing and think about the words we're singing and just worship the Lord during this invitation time. Mm -hmm.